Views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of the staff or management of the Flavors of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can't do drugs before you come in and wait tables. <laughs> yeah. It was also some of the most horrifying things I've ever seen in 30 years in this business. We thought we wanted to start a restaurant and the banks all said no, <laughs> so. Amazing so, how that happens. It is. I went vegan for a little bit, so I had a lot of, a, don't judge me. Stop, <laughs> just know, stop right there. <laughs> it, it was a very short stint just to see if I could do it. We got everybody out of the building, came back in, tried to put the fire out, and it's like the ceilings are melting at this point. Welcome to the Flavors of Northwest Arkansas podcast. Oh, what a culinary delight. Here's your host, John Engelman. He's raising saltwater shrimp in Arkansas. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Flavors of Northwest Arkansas podcast. Thank you for logging in. Thanks for listening wherever and however you're listening on your phone, your laptop, wherever you are. My name is John Engelman. We'll be bringing you stories from the burgeoning food and beverage scene here in our area. As NWA grows, so does the number of restaurants, breweries, distilleries, bakeries, food trucks, etc., etc. Um, I did see a stat the other day. There were 16 new restaurants in 2023 in the U.S. for every 100,000 people. I feel like we have eclipsed that here in Northwest Arkansas. Of course, each establishment in our area, uh, they have their own story, as does the proprietor. Here, we will tell those stories, or actually, I should say, they will tell those stories. And we'll try to do it on location from their establishment. Uh, I think that makes it more authentic. Everybody's stories are unique. So it'll be great to hear it straight from them. As for me, I had a 17-year career in media that included seven years in radio in Dallas and almost 10 years of working in local TV news and sports in Texas and right here in NWA. I've spent the past decade plus here in PR. But here's where this might make more sense to you. In my formative years, I worked in the restaurant industry. I started in high school, worked in restaurants past college, I attended bar, waited tables, hosted, and even would sub back of house when we were shorthanded because it never failed. Someone would not show up. Uh, some of my favorite memories of that part of my life are from working in those restaurants and the characters, too. The idea of this podcast, um, it's really been simmering in my head for over a year. I've been thinking about it, thinking about it, and thinking about it, and now I decided to finally take the plunge. And I've really been enjoying it to this point, and I certainly hope that you will, too. Very, very much looking forward to this ride, and I sure hope you'll take it with me. Also, I'm looking forward to our first guest. His name is Lance Corbin. He's the chef and owner of Pestos by Lance in Fayetteville, and he's done just about everything and been just about everywhere. His climb through the culinary world started in Michigan with some very colorful mentors, and it included a restaurant fire, among other things. What got him to Northwest Arkansas, and why did he decide to take over the Pesto Cafe? We'll find out. Also, what did he find inside that restaurant when he took over? Lance is a great storyteller, and we'll hear it straight from him. Now, quick side note here. If you're listening with your kids, please know that there is some restaurant back-of-house language, uh, meaning there is some explicit language in this one. That's going to happen from time to time in these podcasts, because as I said earlier, I want these interviews to be completely authentic. That said, we go to Pestos by Lance. And we talk to Lance right here next on the Flavors of Northwest Arkansas podcast. Teachers are dynamic leaders shaping a new generation. They bring a variety of perspectives from diverse backgrounds, innovating how they teach to prepare students for our fast-changing world. They're skilled experts discovering a universe of solutions, telling stories, inspiring, mentoring, connecting cultures, leading by example. Teaching is a journey that shapes lives. Are you ready? Explore teaching at teach.org, supported by the U.S. Department of Education and one million teachers of color. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Flavors of Northwest Arkansas podcast. We are physically uh, now in uh, the domain of Chef Lance Corbin. Hello there. We are at uh, Pesto's by Lance. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. I know uh, uh, the last thing chefs want to do is work when they're off, although you're always working, so I just appreciate you letting us in the doors when the doors are shut. This is my home. (laughs) Welcome. 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 And I'll always take a minute to chat with a fellow like yourself. Well, I thank you very much for that. That's very kind of you. Um, So let's, let's dive in. Why the culinary world? What was it that brought you in? Was there an aha moment where you're like, this? Is what I want to do. Well, I always enjoyed cooking, um, but uh, it was mostly like on occasion, and you know, for sustenance. So, sure. uh, I was I was married in uh, 1994, and I was just you know doing things here and there to make some money for my wife and I. We had no children. We didn't get married for children, but uh, I. My really good friend was a saute guy at a place called Jack's Place, and it was on a Marsh, Marsh Ridge Resort in northern Michigan. Okay. And uh, I told him, we were just chatting, you know, and he, he's like, yeah, there's a pantry position open at Marsh Ridge. And I was like, oh, cool. And I literally had to go to the dictionary to see what pantry meant. <laughs> we didn't have cell phones back then and all that other good stuff. But so uh, I was like, yeah, okay. So I got an interview, and I... I went in and I uh, chatted with the executive chef Alan Shu and sous chef Lynn Allen. So I'm there uh, just chatting it up and I, I basically BS'd my way through this whole interview. I knew nothing about the kitchen and uh, they, it was kind of funny, you know, they're like, uh, so what's your experience? I said, well, you know, I, I, I can grill steaks and stuff. I cook at home every night and, uh, you know, I like to create really cool stuff. and. And they're like, well, tell us, what do you create? Like, give us an example of one of your creations. And I said, well, I'll take bacon and I'll, I'll fry up a little bit of bacon and then I'll put it in with French dressing and then I'll put that over my steak. And, and I could see, like, this is a visual here, but, like, their eyebrows just kind of raise. And I go, and my favorite is I'll take ranch dressing and I'll mix it with salsa. And, chef, <laughs> and executive chef uh, Shu, he goes... Oh, what a culinary delight! <laughs> so I was like, I felt a little, uh, I felt a little out of place there. Right. But I think they uh, they wanted to give me a chance because I'm a fiery guy, you know. Sure. So I, I started, uh, I jumped in there, and I I absolutely fell in love, yeah. you know. So um, in the pantry, I'm doing desserts and I'm learning how to make stuff and bake cakes. And, sure and uh, make you know whipped cream from scratch and uh, i'm learning how to garnish and make uh, garnishing and berry sauces and stuff like that and i think i did pantry for about three months and uh i had a i had a horrible event happen on pantry because i was in charge of the raw oysters no boy and uh there was this big ex-marine named matt sewell who was the saute guy so the oysters were done with a rockefeller okay so if there was an order of a Rockefeller, they'd call it back. I'd have to pop six oysters or have them. I mean, realistically, you want to have them ready, especially sure. in a dinner rush. Sure. And uh, you put the mixture in there, which is a spinach and ouzo and mm-hmm. a little bit of bacon and parmigiana, uh, at least at this place, and a breadcrumb top, and you pass it up, and then they fire it in the oven. I can't wait to hear what this happened. What this is. Oh, my God. This was horrible. So the walk-in coolers are down into the basement. Sure. So we're just getting shit slammed here, you know, and, and I'm out of oysters up top. And he's got, like, three orders that just came in. Gosh. And I was like, oh, I'm out. And now I have, I have salads rolling in, desserts rolling in, and now i got to go downstairs and grab oysters, and they're not shocked or anything. And uh, Matt Sewell is a very intimidating fellow for sure. I, I, and I'm 19 years old at this time. <clears throat> So I, I'm like, I got to go get oysters. And I run downstairs. I'm in the walk-in cooler. And all of a sudden, the cooler door rips open. And here's this 220-pound ex-Marine with the, this crazy bright blue eyes. And he's like, you MFer, you, you shuck in oysters until I tell you to stop. Do you understand? Oh. And I was like, 
yes, sir. I'm scared shitless. Of right course. Now. And he slams the walk-in door, but realistically, I can't sit down there because my ticket printer is going crazy too. Uh, so I was shocking oysters like crazy, jabbing my hand, uh, all yeah. this other stuff. Because about to say. We, yeah, we would use a towel. Like yeah. they have gloves for that, which <laughs> who, who, who needs gloves? Who uses those? Yeah, who needs that? So uh, yeah, I run back upstairs and, you know, we made it through. But uh, at that point, Matt kind of became a little bit of a mentor to me. You there know? you go. Because uh, he was he was great. So to back to where I was going. So uh, so, Alan Chu, executive chef, left, and Lynn Allen became executive chef. Executive chef, not executive. <laughs> so uh, Lynn put me into an apprenticeship program. So in three months, I they put me on banquets. So I'm you know doing prime rib buffets. Sure. And, you know it's now I'm cooking with real food. Yeah. And uh, I felt really good about that because they trusted me with, uh, you know, hot proteins and stuff at that point. And uh, so then he put me through an apprenticeship program through the ACF, American Culinary Federation, where I had to do 6,000 hours of Oof. everything. And the only thing he bypassed is uh, uh, stewardship, which is dishes. Okay. So I was on banquets for about, I think, another two months. And then they put me on the line. So I started. Here on, comes the pressure. I started on the broiler. Yeah. And then uh, uh, there was a huge fire. Ooh. So Matt and I, we, we actually got employee of the year, all this other stuff. We got everybody out of the building, came back in, tried to put the fire out. And it's like the ceilings are melting at this point. So oh. we, we get the hell out of there. So they gutted this kitchen and rebuilt it. And, uh, you know, now I'm on the line, a nice new line. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And... Um, Matt left, so I became their learning saute. So I'm working with another guy on saute, and that's where it that's where it clicked. Because man, throwing those pans and and slinging hot food out of pans, I just felt amazing. It was yeah, like you have a power. It's yep. like, and you you're controlling fire at that point. And it's you your know? creativity. And it's creativity, and yeah. it's uh, you know, de deglazing pans, oh, flaming yeah. flaming off your your items. Yeah. And I just love the fire and the passion of that. I love the uh, the adrenaline and the intensity. Yeah. So, um, l long story short, within nine months, I was their lead line cook on oh, saute. Heck yeah! And I'm like barely twenty. So, so, and you're picking up what your mentor, the way they operated. Yes. And you're coming with the same fire. Same fire, you know. It's like it was brutal. Um, yeah. Not, that no one cared about your feelings or anything. Yeah. Like and but it like the thing with the walk-in, you know, and the oysters. Yeah. Uh, that would never happen today. You couldn't. It would, you'd be in HR so fast, your head would spin. <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna tell you what, man. That affected me positively. Mm -hmm. It scared the living shit out of me, mm -hmm. but it affected me positively. It affected my work ethic. It affected, uh, you know, how prepared I am at a, at a regular basis. Yep. It, it helped me learn that whether you need it or not, mm -hmm. be ready. You know, it's better yeah. to have than to have not. Absolutely. You know, so, and then uh, once I, I knew for sure, once I started on saute at Jack's place, this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, I loved every minute of it. Heck yeah. So then uh, I ended up, I'll give that a second. No, that's great. No, you're good. No, you're fine. All I thought, good. I thought you were making us some cocktails. We're, yeah, we're in a restaurant. Keep going. You're good. So uh, <clears throat> my ex-wife and I ended up, um, we went back down state. So I'm originally, I was born in Detroit, then we moved up north and all that other stuff. So we went back down to Pontiac area and I did something completely different. I wasn't even in the food industry at all. Okay. I, I ended up working for a, we'll just call it an advertising firm. Oh man, you missed, you missed the yeah. restaurant. Yeah. So, well, uh, a lot of things happened and sure. uh, I think we were gone like a year and a half or okay. whatever. So we came back up north and uh, Lynn Allen had left Marsh Ridge as well as their executive chef and he was now working under um, uh, Chef John Kay at Hidden Valley. Okay. So Hidden Valley Resort is one of the oldest resorts in northern Michigan. They built it in 1931. Okay. Like this place was so old, it had catacombs and stuff underneath it that would link you to other areas of the resort. Sure. You know? But, uh, yeah, so Lynn was there. I gave Lynn a call. I'm like, hey, what's going on? He goes, I need, he goes, I need a guy to work lunches at the Loon. The Loon was a golf course with a restaurant. All right. 
And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll take it, whatever. You know? So I come in there, and I'm working lunch at the Loon, and, like, Lynn's kind of bouncing. So there was uh, the Loon, the Lakes, the Pines, and the Classic. These were the four golf courses that this resort had. Yeah. So they all had kitchens. Yep. So Lynn was bouncing around doing his thing, and uh, I'm working at the Loon slinging club sandwiches and uh, sure. you know, and, and flirting with the waitresses or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, of course. I wasn't, but yeah, it kind of was. Yeah. We all kind of do. Come on. So let's be honest. It's a restaurant. It's the restaurant. You know, you're cooped up together. You yes. might as well have a good time. Yes. So um, I read in the paper. You know, remember newspapers? Uh, yes, in fact, yeah. yeah. I'm come from a newspaper family, but continue. Yeah, yes. yeah, the help wanted area, you know, the, the classifieds. That's why I used so, to buy my cars, too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I see that uh, they're looking for a line cook at the main lodge, the Hidden Valley, okay. uh, which was the Pontresina restaurant. Uh, Pontresina is a sister city to Switzerland. Like, they have, you know, they brought in stones and stuff from actual Switzerland Man. and made monuments and stuff. So. Oof. This area in Michigan was very uh, heavily influenced with Swiss and German uh, heritage and Polish. So I was like, heck yeah. So I go and I, uh, I walked in there and I'm, I'm like, hey, Chef K. And he's like, yep, yep. You know, what's your skill? I told him, I said, I used to work at uh, Jack's Place on Marsh Ridge, you know, a couple of years back. And, you know, I was their lead saute guy. Sure. So Roy was the sous chef, Mr. Roy. He's like, well, okay, you're going to work with Roy Boy here on Friday night, and uh, we're going to see what your skill set is. And I was like, okay, so my job interview was a Friday night on the line. Well, okay, l let me stop you. Why, why do I feel like, I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show Bar Rescue, but you know when they when they bring the uh, people in and they have the test night, yeah. and it always fails, they set you up to fail. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if it's real or not. I don't know if it's, it's TV. I have seen that, and uh, that's a really cool show, but it because I'm in the business, yeah. a lot of it is cringeworthy. Like, oh. I used to say to myself, you know your kitchen is a disaster and yeah. your restaurant's a disaster. Oh. Why in the hell would you, would you air that on national TV? I'll tell you why. Because they're getting all new everything put in. That's why they would do it. They're getting it all for free to be on TV and be made fun of. And get beat it, the hell out of And just get <laughs> socked in the mouth. Just get beaten to death. But yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw yeah, you off No, there, that's but okay. Yeah. But that was what I assume your test night would be. Yep. Uh, well. Or, except, maybe not. So let me tell you a little bit about the, the main lodge. Okay. So the main lodge had the Pontresina restaurant. Sure. The Duck Blind Grill. The Blue Goose. So there's three restaurants coming out of that on top of wedding parties and all these booked parties. This place was absolutely on fire all year round, yeah. and it was a private membership. The membership was like $50,000 a year. So it was, a, it was pretty heavy duty, and yeah. th that included everything and lodging. Uh, I mean, they had different packages, obviously. But So I'm like, yeah, no problem, you know, because I, 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 I've got the fire, you know, and it's yeah. like I wasn't scared. Uh, Jack's place had eight burners. This place had 16. Oof. And I was like, okay. So anyways. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyways, I get in there and uh, it's go time and I'm working oh, with man. Roy because I don't know the menu either. Like I'm literally like. You're going blind. I'm going blind, but Roy, Roy's in my ear and I've got the setup, you know, so I, I can see the pine nuts and the sun dried and all that other stuff. And so I just jammed, man. It was like yeah. I worked there for a month. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the night, he's like. You have very impressive line skills. <laughs> and that's it, because that's all I was doing, was yeah. sautéing. Yeah. And uh, fast forward, uh, five years later, I was their sous chef. I ran the Pines, the Lakes, the Loon, the Classic Kitchens. I created the California Grill at the Loon restaurant, so that not only did lunch for golfers, at night it turned into the California Grill, where uh, executive chef Brett Claxton allowed me to design a cool, like, Fresca, Cali-style menu. And okay. Keep in mind, this was in the, uh, I think this was about 1997 or 8. So, I mean, I was doing a lot of, like, uh, you know, grapefruit-type stuff, just sure. making it fresh, yeah. doing, uh, doing a little bit of the black bean and the corn because okay. of the... You know, the Southwestern style that sure. California was starting to adopt, you know, from, you know, south of the border and stuff, which is one of my favorite cuisines, actually. Heck yeah. Uh, 100% when it's done properly. You There's know, so, that. yep. So, uh, yep. And then I was, uh, I did all soups and sauces and everything for the main house. And uh, 
yeah, and I, I pretty much at that point, like, because I had done my apprenticeship program, I had experience on running multiple operations. Uh, I started to learn a lot, and uh, I think you know, mentor Brett Claxon was a great mentor. He was uh, a CIA grad, and uh, he was a real fiery. I used to, you, ever, you remember Billy Jack? Mm -mm. Billy Jack was. Uh, he was the Native American martial artist, 70s movies. Oh. Had the, had the always wore the cowboy hat. I've, I've seen him then. Yes. I've so, seen him. Uh, that, Brett Claxon reminded me of Billy Jack. Okay. And, uh, and he was like no one to mess with. Uh, he just commanded respect. I, and I learned something new from him every day. I would watch him, ask him. He was, he was a great teacher. And uh, funny story, we had, it was one night, it's, uh, there were six of us in the main house okay and we had a 600 person wedding party and uh two other parties which were two to three hundred so we've got uh, right off the bat that's like 1200 people that are not ordering off the menu and and we have a feos and all that stuff so we knew what we had to have prepped feo like the field field uh field execution order okay which is like all of our prep and, and gotcha. everything and you know, we have clipboards for every day of the week. We just go through, and every person sure. knows okay. their part. It's super organized. Yeah. So uh, we're ready to go. It's like, at this point, it's like we're all, like, you know, twiddling our thumbs. Hey, should we go down to the boiler room? You know, that type of thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and we're standing there shooting the breeze, and, and Brett, you know, he always had his tall uh, toque on and yeah. Egyptian cotton, chef's coat, just total badass, right? Yeah. And he walks in, he's like, and he, when he would get this way, he wouldn't look at anybody in the eye. He would look down at the ground. Yeah. And he, he would scare the shit out of you. He's like, all right, you sons of bitches. You better <laughs> out grabbing stuff. And just starts freaking out on us. And, and we're all like, whoa. So we all run into this one cooler. And we're like, and I look at everybody. I'm like, just grab something and run out. And just like you're working. Yeah. So we all grabbed a container or something and right. came out. And he's like, all right that's better there you go and just walked away and it's like, <laughs> and we're all like holy crap yeah you know we thought we were all gonna die <laughs> but he just didn't he, he knew that we were we were all uh, on top of our game sure but we i guess we were just standing around even though we were ready to go it's like it was the best crew i've ever worked with in the culinary industry was that team yeah and we were all very tight. Like we, our kids knew each other, and it's Sweet. like we, you know, we would hang out. And I think that's yeah. that. That actually uh, comes into my my frame of mind now. So my crew here, it's like I I love all of them, mm -hmm. and you know everybody respects each other here. And uh, it's not it's it's getting to that point. You know, it's yeah. just where when your team is like you know th when you're this, sure, you can't break it. Yeah. And, you know, the trust factor is all there. Yeah. The reliability is all there because you actually feel like family. A lot of times people are like, oh, it's like family. And it's really not like family. Right. You know, and families have disagreements sure. and stuff. And it's like, uh, that's all understandable. But, you know, the, the connection that everybody has here, and I have a very small staff, mm -hmm. and they're great. They're absolutely great. They're loyal, and they'll do anything that they can. They have their own ideas that they come up with to help things, which helps me because sure. I'm on I have to see everything yeah. and just having different eyes and, and ears and hands on stuff is a big help that actually care, not just sure. are in there. And that's, and that's huge nowadays because nowadays that's, that's hard to come by. 100%. Yeah. Oh my God. For you wouldn't sure. believe the stuff I had to go through before I found these people. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> it was a wreck. I'm sure. It was a wreck. I get it. I yeah. get it. Um, I, I know that, um, and, and I, I'm not, skipping ahead or anything like that, but uh, I know you've, you've spent some time as a private chef, and I know, um, I know that's different than what it is that you were previously talking about. What all is involved? What's that like? It, kind, of the, kind of the Cliff's Notes version, because um, I know you could probably talk about it for the rest of the day. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's actually really fun. Um, so, as a private chef, as a private chef, you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have your own kitchen like yeah. uh, like we have here you yeah. know where you have double stack oven and sure just you can do a lot of different things yeah um so you know long story short uh, we do a little marketing on, online and internet 
and I would basically get the their dream of what they want to experience, and then I'll be like, all right, I'll get back with you in a couple of days, and I come back. Like I would go as far as the decor on the table. Wow. Okay. You know, like that—that that was all part of the the jazz. You know, their sure. plates. Like for example, I, I did an event on uh, in October, and their plates were gold rimmed, black and white roses with a skull in the center of them. Oof. And these people absolutely flipped. They loved it. You that's know, awesome. so that's just little stuff like that. And I get yeah. candles, like uh, ram's horn candles yeah. and stuff like that, just to help with that vibe. The Valentine's Day parties were always a smash. So. Um, I get them their menu and their, I get, I get an idea of what they can eat, what they can't eat. Mm-hmm. They don't even know. Yeah. I just make them, I, I'm like, this is what you're having yeah. after I get all this information and, uh, never, never been turned on. Every once in a while it'll be somebody like, well, um, my mom can't have this. Can you do? And I'd be like, absolutely. Sure. So I would come up with, um, it's four courses actually, but I do three. So the first course is your is your salad and appetizer type course. So, like for example, I would do uh, you know a Belgian endive with uh, uh, with some sautéed oyster mushrooms and Oof. little bitsy pieces of uh, shrimp. Yeah. And then I would stuff that Belgian endive with that, and then I'd create uh, like a, a nice cilantro oil and Gosh. and make that look pretty. And then right next to it, I would have a uh, a, a one rat one bone of a rack of lamb cooked perfectly medium rare sitting on a bed of orange lentil with a mango salsa. So then you get like the, your salad and your appetizer on one plate. And that helps with the time frame because my, I'm, uh, the schedule is I am there at their home for three hours. Sure. And then at the end of that third hour, it looks like I was never there. Yeah. So that's how that went. Gotcha. And, uh, everything. So if you go to pestos NWA, mm-hmm. my Instagram, if you scroll past all of the pestos by Lance stuff, you'll see some of the stuff that I was doing on in private homes. Gotcha. So, so this wasn't just like necessarily in, in one place where you're a full-time chef. You just uh, did events. Bounced around. Okay. And, and here's the background on that. So uh, I made it to NWA in uh, 2018. Uh, I was recruited by Tyson Foods okay. as one of their executive chefs on the food service side. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm just a hot shot, you know, me and my dog, that's it. So I was flying all over, you know, uh, New York, California, Michigan, and I was dealing with uh, a hotel restaurant. I was doing food shows. So like I was in charge of food shows and K-12 was one of my biggest ones. And every gotcha. once in a while I'd dabble into healthcare, you know, mm-hmm. and then COVID hit. So my, I was at the menu, uh, the uh, menu, menu direction seminar and in uh, Nashville at the Grand Ole Opry Hotel. So I'm talking in front of a bunch of people one day in February, and then I fly back to uh, NWA, and then I think three days later, Tyson Foods put us on lockdown. So everybody was at home. Sure. No one could even go to the office. Right. Now, I'm a chef. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm a traveling chef. What the hell am I supposed to do in, right. my, in my home office? Right. So, you know, I spent some time doing some... Uh, you know, menus. I did a lot of K-12 work. I had like 15 K-12. By the product. way, he was just twiddling his fingers. That's the sound you were hearing. Of me on it. Yeah. yeah, me yeah. on my laptop. Right. Yes, that was it. It was a lot of it, and I'm not very good at it. But I did learn how to use more than one finger. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and I just, I realized it wasn't sustainable. And yeah. uh, there was a lot of stuff, because uh, that, that, the COVID thing really affected a lot of businesses, even giant of giants oh. of the industry like Tyson Foods. No question. So, you know, I just, uh, you know, ended up bouncing out of there and started to do in private. So I, before I even left Tyson Foods, I was doing private chef work. Uh, lunch, um, you know, I was doing uh, lunch packages and I was doing pre-packed lunches for people. Like, sure. Uh, my, my wife has, uh, she runs a Diva Dive. She's a, oh. the teacher at the Diva Dive and, okay. and, and owner. And like some of her students are like, oh my God, I want meal planning. So I started doing meal planning. Sweet. I, I started doing some home stuff, and, but I'm, I'm still full time, you know, uh, with Tyson Foods. And then uh, finally that came to an end and I just blasted out there and started doing the, uh, you know, home dining because everybody was on lockdown. Sure. So people are like, come cook for us. We yeah. can't leave the house. Everything's closed. So that's where I think, uh, I, you know, I struck where the iron was hot. Sure. 
and uh, you know, not like I'm not the only private chef in the area, but I think uh, you know, with the assistance of my wife, she's pretty. Actually, that's her profession is professional marketing, so uh, she really got me out there. And, nice know, and uh, got me going. So uh, yeah, and, and it was a lot of fun. I got to be really creative, and, and you know, as, as we'll go back to where well, I left off. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I. Uh, I designed, so I got the info. I would design their menu and what what I thought they wanted, and then I would write this beautiful menu for them, and I'd send it back on email yeah. and give them a call and be like, "So this is this this is your your choices for this night, you know that right. I." And everybody's like, "Oh, that's amazing!" So I was doing like chocolate ganache cakes with you know crazy stuff. I yeah. was I was doing, um, you know, I would make the pear molds and apple molds and cherry molds and I. I would have like a uh, wild cherry uh, tarragon mousse inside of these things, and it's covered with chocolate, and I'd spray airbrush them, and, and you know, it's just really cool, cool shit. Yeah. Oh, stuff. You can say, you can say whatever you want, man. Oh, uh, man, it was cool shit. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, so uh, that was a lot of fun, and, yeah. and, but I was doing a lot of stuff in my home. Like, I would have to, because you can't. You know, with some of my, like my molds and my mousses that I'd make, yeah, they'd have to sit for 12 hours. Sure. It has to set. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't do that at the person's home. So yeah. my home became like, for three days prior to this event. Transformation. Became, became an industrial kitchen. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife could have killed me. Because, uh, you know. Did, did, all of, did all of her and your things become just like out of a cooler in the, <laughs> in the backyard? Or? Well, I actually ended up... Uh, uh, we got a new refrigerator, so we put, I had an extra refrigerator. Yeah. And then we put, so we had two fridges in the garage. Gotcha. So I was able there to keep product and then we could still live out of our normal refrigerator. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was last, last January, I was like, I, it was, it was kind of getting to the point where it was overwhelming doing stuff at the house. Sure. You know, most of the like all the jazz was at the customer's house. Of course, yeah. all the all the the finishing and all the proteins were done there, and all the cool stuff and the flambe and all this other good stuff. And uh, it was just getting overwhelming, and I was like, you know what? I think I need. I'm going to start looking for a place. So I looked around for a few. Uh, this is going to go right into the pesto story. Let me let me let me or stop you, wanna, you before you do. Want to take a break because it's going to. No, we'll we'll keep going. Actually, you know what? We can. But before we do that, were you always thinking in the back of your head, one day I'm going to have my own place? No. Oh. No, actually. Um, uh, it was the furthest thing from my mind. I, as a matter of fact, that in conversation many times. I had said I would not go back into the industry at FN Gunpoint. Yeah, you cannot make me go back. And I and these were my exact words: If I go back into a kitchen, it's going to be my place, and there I will, and, and I'm the boss and I'm the owner. There it is. But I mean, it manifested. Yeah. But I wasn't like so. I'm going to go find a place. We're going to hold it right there. Okay. And when we come back, we're going to talk about you coming into this place, you selecting this place what you had to do to this place, and then we're going to jump into menu. Sounds good to me. all of that is coming up next, right right here on Flavors. Smoke them if you got them. Of Northwest Arkansas. (laughs) As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end, but good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Welcome back. I hope you did not just fast forward through the public service announcement that just played on organ donation. Just to let you know, uh, I have an organ in my body that was not originally there. Uh, I had a kidney, an actual kidney transplant two years ago. Um, Just a quick note for those of you out there to let you know you do not need your organs when you're dead. If you want to be a live donor, be a hero. You can be a lifesaver for a lot of people out there. If I did not have my new kidney right now, honestly, I'd be in trouble. It's that simple. So please, 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 organdonor.gov. Just check it out. Go look. Be an organ donor. 
when you're six feet under or when you're about to be ashes, those organs don't do anything but sit there. Please be an organ donor. Please and thank you. And welcome back. Hey there. Hey. Welcome back. We're back with Lance. Pestos by Lance here in Fayetteville. Uh, we've had some uh, really, really, really good conversation, and we're going to pick it right back up. But we're going to start with why Pestos? The old Pestos Cafe was legendary. It had a brand. A lot of people went to it. The location, iconic. Everybody knows the location. Uh, but it had been closed. And a lot of us that had been at the original Pesto Cafe, uh, it had been here, I think, since the 90s, maybe, mm. along those lines. Um, a lot of us that had been here had wondered what happened because it was a place that uh, seemed to have gotten a lot of business. And I, I don't necessarily want to get into what happened to them, but it was sitting there and... Uh, you had a thought bubble. Yeah, so uh, last January, I decided um, to start looking for a place because I knew that I could expand. And right off the front, I wanted to expand my private chef stuff because okay. then I would have a amazing, you know, find a kitchen yeah. that uh, I could produce some really cool stuff and not be so overwhelming doing stuff out of my house. So I looked at a few places, and it, it was a... It was a Friday afternoon. I'm looking at some stuff, and uh, I get a text message. Or, I'm sorry, I got a text from my wife about pestos. So then I ended up calling her, and she says, I just read in the Fayetteville Flyer that pestos has been closed down. By the way, big shout-out to Dustin Bartholomew and the guys yes. at Fayetteville Flyer. Him. Good dudes, man. Good people. Good outlet. They're not any kind of sponsor or anything like that, but good folks. Continue. Yes, definitely are. Um, so I was like, okay, uh, Pestos. Is that that money laundering mafia place on the <laughs> on 1830 South uh, North College? And she was like, uh, I guess, yeah. And I said, yeah, I've, I've seen that place. I've never been inside. Let's just say that's not confirmed. It, this is not confirmed. Yeah. But every time I drove by the place, I thought there was a uh, heavyset Italian man sitting in the corner smoking a cigar counting money. That's all I could For see sure. inside the place. It was very dark. But uh, I, she's like, yeah, I guess so. And I said, okay. So the next morning at about uh, you know eight or nine o'clock in the morning, I, I drove up here and walked around and peeked in the windows. And it was the first time I laid eyes on the place. And uh, then I was like, well, it's, it's abandoned. And I mean abandoned. Yeah. Like second coming, everybody just vanished. Yeah. Abandoned. So I, I looked over and I saw a, uh, a, a Porsche. And I was like, I think that's the person I'm going to talk to. So I... Uh, you talking about the parking lot, just out right in outside. The, yeah, yeah, out in the parking lot. So I, I, uh, I, I was casing the place for about 30 minutes, and then I see a gentleman walk into that Porsche, and I jumped out and introduced myself. And he asked me if I wanted to take a look at the place. And I said, absolutely. So I, I walked in, and uh, now mind you, I know nothing about the history of this place other than what I've heard. Yeah. And so I walked in, and I could see the attraction... But it was also some of the most horrifying things I've ever seen in 30 years in this business. Do, do we even expand on that? I, just, uh, give me, I, give me. I feel like I'm going to respectfully expand on that. Okay. Just, just for that. But go ahead. I was just going to say uh, I would focus maybe on one thing because I don't know that. Oh, yeah. You just take well, it. Well, Never mind. I mean, th this, is part, this was part of the challenge. Yeah. It had been... It had been, and I don't know the story, I don't know what happened, I don't know anything like that, but it just looked like nobody gave a rat's ass about this place for a long, long time. Okay. Um, there's nothing in here that I didn't have to redo. I had to literally cut the kitchen equipment out of the kitchen because it was, it was almost unworkable yeah. uh, and disgusting. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, out here, there was, so when I when I came in, there was a lot of art and stuff everywhere, and I didn't really focus on that because I was, you know, I, it was a business meeting. Sure. And I'm walking through the place. There was no electricity. There was no water. There was no gas. Um, everything was left here, so there was a lot of cleanup. I'm just very thankful it was February because if it was in the summer. If it was August. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would have been, been 
amazing. Nightmarish. Yeah. Well, I remember, amazingly it, it, nightmarish. And, and I'll jump in here. Uh, on its way to, to being out or done or on its way down, whatever you want to say, uh, we came in eight, and I think I remember them not having air conditioning at that time, mm-hmm. and it may have been fans. Um, I don't know, but it, it was... It was and, a, and there was no liquor license at that time. You had to bring your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. It still says that on Google, and uh, I'm trying to get them to get rid of that. <laughs> it says, "Oh, the BYOB is cool, but you know we have a full liquor license." I was about to say. By the way, we'll we'll get into the uh, bar menu momentarily, yeah, but yeah. Uh, please continue. I will. So, uh, long story short, um, seven days later, I signed the deal, and then about five of us came in here with. Uh, helmets and biohazard suits and clean this place out and i'm over i'm exaggerating a little with the biohazard and i only say that because there were proteins left here and stuff like that and it had been about four months whoa 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 there were proteins left yeah here. like the, the coolers were full of stuff and there was four months of abandonment so there put that in your imagination and i'll leave it at that so um Clean, 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 uh, everything. Who wants some chicken right now? (laughs) So uh, everything you see in here was done by me and a couple of my buddies, uh, very good friends of mine, uh, Mr. Steven and Mr. Mike. And this is what I'm going to jump in real quick because uh, it's it's as clean as you've ever, if you went to the Pesto Cafe and you've not been here yet, it's as clean as, as you could, it's cleaner than you can ever imagine this space being. And it's completely remodeled and redone. Uh, and it's um, it's a transformation. The flooring, everything. Yes, exactly. And and you saved me a lot of time on that. We did transform. Um, we pulled out all the unnecessary stuff, uh, added the necessary things. Um, we didn't do any uh, building because I don't think that we needed to. It was just more of a lot of elbow grease uh, and patching and painting. Um, I did... Uh, I had uh, Mr. Jack Pierce put in some mini splits. So we have three mini splits in the dining room that will give off heat and air conditioning. So we don't have to worry about that type of stuff anymore. Gotcha. And uh, other than that, you know, it's just a, it's a completely different place. And I get a lot of very positive feedback from the customers that come in here that are familiar with the old pestos. Uh, there are, I would say, there's a, about a 5% that are angry at me because it doesn't have the same feel, but I, there's nothing I could have done. And the reason I say that is I didn't get a good look on what everything was going on in here, but uh, somebody ripped the back door open and helped themselves to some stuff after I looked at it. So I don't know who that is and don't care. So, uh, huh. yeah, I had to patch a lot of holes in the walls because uh, I think there, there was one behind me which uh, the, the uh, listeners can't see, that they crowbarred off the wall because I think it was dead bolted on there. And it was You're a... You're talking about art? It was a Jimi Hendrix original, some original oh painting of Jimi Hendrix that was signed. Oh, so, my gosh. Um, they, they ripped that one out. It looked like somebody blasted my wall with a 12-gauge slug. Jeez. And, uh, you know, and then that type of stuff. But it, it was okay because I... And I and I don't mean this in a negative way, but I had no sentimental value to it because I'd never even been in here. Gotcha. And, and I know just from what I've heard from customers that it was, a, it was a huge, like a comfort spot for a lot of people. Oh, for sure. And it had a lot of history and a lot of music. And I think that that's awesome. And yeah. I really do. Uh, but it, it wasn't my vision. Sure. And I've had customers say, why? Well... <laughs> this isn't Pesto's Cafe anymore. Why did you keep Pesto's? It's like misleading. And That's like a tip of the hat. Well, you know what? It is. And that's too, it's, a, it, it's homage. Yeah. And it's also gave me blue skies. You know, I'm a businessman. Yeah. So why would I change it around and, yeah. you know, because yeah. it, it, it is still the location. People will it's, always remember this as Pesto's. It it's, doesn't matter. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it was a heavy brand. Mm-hmm. It was a heavy brand yes. in an area. It's part of taking and elevating. Yes, and it was like it was Gazzi, Pesto by Gazzi. It was Pesto Cafe. Right. And, you know, here's number three, Pesto's by Lance. So, right. And it's Italian. Yes. 
primarily. Yes. And my Italian is from real Italians. What an absolute beautiful segue. To it. Go right into that into menu. Into the menu. I said this to you when I walked in the door. I'm not overly familiar with the menu because whenever I come here, it's an opportunity for me to get the lasagna. Yeah. Because that's all I want. And let me say, um, and, and I also told you that the chicken portofino looks like something uh, that I'd like to try. Everything on the menu is something to try. But uh, I've got my eye on the chicken portofino. But I'm always going to come back and I'm always going to have the lasagna. I remember you telling me um, this was before you knew me or whatever when I came in and I had the lasagna and I was going after it. And we, we'd also, have, by the way, had the... You sat uh, right there, too, in the round table. Uh, back against the wall. I think we actually sat at the table we're sitting. Well, we probably did sit there, but we have sat here before, too. Okay. Yeah. But yes, on this side for sure. Um, but I remember you saying, you know, if because we, we had had the sausage. Uh, appetizer. The, yeah, appetizer, which is also very, very good. Uh, but I remember you saying, you finish that, I'll get you a free beer. I'll buy you a beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Well, it's one pound. Well, that lasagna is one solid pound. What I was gonna say is it takes me three different meals to eat it. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So it's huge, um, but go ahead because it's it's amazing also. My inspiration of this menu is just Italian. Yeah, it's not any particular dish. Um, I the staples of Italian food is well American Italian food. Sure, is al fornos where you have good your, distinction. Yeah, yes, yeah. where you have your. Uh, your cannellonis, your manicottis, your lasagnas, your chicken parmigiana, sure. and your maranzana parmigiana, eggplant parmesan. Mm-hmm. So those things have to be on an Italian menu, sure, without a doubt. And they're amazing. Mm-hmm. They're they're delicious, you yeah. know. And everybody loves them, whether you're a child or a, or a senior citizen. The other stuff, like on the saute menu, it's just it's about flavor, and you know, it's about Italian food. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the seafood you can get, it, I, I, could, I couldn't bring that here. Uh, when we first opened, I was getting stuff sh- shipped down from Boston. Yeah. The, the seafood from Boston. Nowadays, that's probably really cheap to do, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's a, a great segue into it was not sustainable yeah. because it's yeah. so much. And, I, like, my, my scallops were, like, literally just shocked. I was getting mussels and clams. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was going to employee meals at the end of the day because I wasn't selling enough of it. Gotcha. Yeah. And I was like, darn it, you know. So now I'm dealing with our, uh, we have a great selection of vendors here in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, Performance and Benny Keith and, sure. and uh, Springfield Grocer. Uh, I don't do much business with Cisco. Um, I have a lot of history with Cisco in the past, and it's just kind of, you know, if they're there, they're there. If they're not, they're not. Okay. So I'm very selective with vendors. Uh, I, I didn't really go into the history because I, I kind of tapped out of the, the kitchen for many years mm-hmm. and did other things in the industry. And one of those was I was a customer development specialist for a broadline distributor. Okay. I worked as a broker through uh, Waypoint. So I was rep- that's how I got here. Okay. I was a uh, broker chef for a company called Waypoint out of Tampa, Florida. And one of my manufacturers, I had 23 manufacturers that I dealt with. One of them was Tyson Foods. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely was getting so many of their items stocked. And I, and I was, uh, I was a, a chef. So I chose to, when I would go out in the field and sell food, I wore my chef's coat. And I basically would walk in and be like, hey, where's the chef at? And I'd have a bag full of groceries. And they'd be like, oh, uh, back in the kitchen. Yeah. And the chef coat was like the, the, you know, the secret identity. It was the free pass. So I'd walk back there and be like, hey, chef, I got some stuff for you. Oh, hey, what's going on? What do you got? Da, da, da. Hey, well, go ahead and throw something together. I'm yeah. busy right now, but I'll try it. All yeah. right, no problem. Awesome. So you know, that helped out a lot. So that's what got me recruited by Tyson was my uh, you know, work ethic and my knowledge of their products. Sure. But um, yes, uh, the Broadline distributors, I'm very selective because I was one of them. And there's a certain, you know, you, you have to have a certain thing. You have to be present and you, you, ha- you have to earn the business. Sure. Like I, I have, uh, when I left 
when I left that position, not with Waypoint, but with, uh, it was Gordon Food Service. Okay. My, my teammates, so I had a territory that was divided by three people when I left. Okay. And they were calling me regularly being like, what the F do you do for these people? Like, they hold us to your standard. And I'm like, you know why? Because I was helping them on Saturdays. And I was always there, there for go. them. And I was always bringing them new product. There and I was always go. showing them stuff. If they had a problem, I fixed it. That was my job. Client service. Client service. Yeah. And they're like, man, you butthole. You know, <laughs> because I, was, I made their life very difficult with my customers. That's on them. That's on them. It really is. So that's the... Uh, you know, it's a meaningless part of the conversation, but yeah. that's why I have the, I have that standard for the for the distributors around here. Yeah. But back to uh, the origin of that, it's uh, hard to get some of the the seafood that I'm used sure. to. Sure, we're landlocked. Yeah, we're landlocked. So I am giving I am giving the patrons and I'm giving Fayetteville, you know, the best that I I can when it comes to the actual product and it's and it's it's damn good coming soon catfish rigatoni (laughs) (laughs) sorry yeah you know you might be onto something there I'm sure that I'm not no you're not you're definitely not I'm just kidding so it's all about uh, be fresh though yeah 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 (laughs) it would definitely would be fresh um so it's all about the flavor profile like I have uh, I have my own season blend that we use in our dishes and uh and I mentioned Americanized Italian, and, and I think that's where it's at here. Sure. Uh, Italian food is amazing, mm-hmm. you know, in Italy. I have customers that are like, we just got back from Rome, and their your food is amazing. Yeah. Like, you should be in Rome right now. And, and that's because there's a little bit of love. Salt and butter. Yeah will melt the hearts of millions, you know? No question. And, uh, you know, the cream, and it's like, I feel that Italian food is comfort food. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's got a rich history in our country, Yeah. you know? So if you make it to taste good and, you know, you add your, you add your butter, your love, basically, your yeah. love to that food, it's going to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. So that's where my menu comes from. Uh, it's not any dish in particular. I take different, uh, I'm a big cross utilization person. Sure. So it's like I, when I talk to my guys in the kitchen, I, I say, and girls, uh, I say, you can do so many things, soup from stone, you mm-hmm. know, look at how many things you can do with four items. You can puree one of them, saute the other three, and then you have, you know, the, it's just so many combinations. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. So with the size that I'm dealing with, the space issues that I'm dealing with, we have to make soup from stone, you know, that's a, it's a harsh way to put it, but we have only so much room. Yeah. So we need to bring in really tasty, sexy stuff sure. and make different things with it, mm-hmm. but, but still keep it Italian mm-hmm. and just make it good and put your love into it. So, uh, and because it's, it's a bunch of stuff coming together because it's my first year in this building and with this restaurant yeah i don't want to just throw the cannons on everybody and be like bang 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 and stack this and i want people i want my following i want people that are like let's get to pestos tonight oh my god i'm craving the yeah i'm craving the shrimp and scallop piccata let's get out i need that lasagna tonight so once i get that then it's like we can we can inject different things because I'm, you know, with the space, I'm not in a position to just be like, you know what, guys, I'm going to order a case of Pismos and some, some Brazilian rocktails, and we're going to see how that flies. Where am I going to put it if it yeah. fly? People aren't used to it. People aren't really looking for it right now. Right. But what, what they are looking for is, you know, traditional Italian food no where they can go in, scarf it down, and I need to rent cots because they're ready for a nap after they eat all of these, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Well, so, you don't need to rent cots. You're right in the middle of a hotel. Motels, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to point out the, my uh, yes. my vision there. That's Beautiful my tus- my rock Tuscan yes. hotel there. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was a nice additive to the corner. Is that picture? It's, it's a mural on the window, folks. And it's very you apt. haven't seen it. Yes. 
but um, yeah, so you know that's where my that's where my menu comes from. Um, you know, our saute dish, our chicken marsala, that's a big popular item in many yeah. Italian restaurants. You of will course. find marsala all over the planet, mm-hmm. um, and everybody's you know slightly different, but it's sure. all the same. You yeah. know, I've seen marsalas made about three different ways in my history. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and it's all it all pretty much is dang, dang close to the same. Mm-hmm. You know, use a demi glace, marsala wine. And you know the whatever I'm not gonna capers, get away. I'm capers, not gonna, baby. I, no, not in the marsala. Oh yeah. No, that's the piccata. Oh, piccata. You're right. Marsala is the mushroom. Marsala, that's it, that's it, marsala wine. It. Yeah, that's yeah. It. A little bit of butter, seasoning. Yeah, all good. So, um, but you mentioned that portofino. Yeah, man. Now, uh, with uh, many influences in my in my Italian influences, which are about a decade or more. Uh, there was many gentlemen, Pasquale, Vincenzo, Enzo, you know, uh, Christos was my boss. Okay. And, uh, boy, he, I would say Christos was a great mentor to me, but for the, for the restaurant business, not as a chef, even though he, he could sling back in the day. But, uh, when I came into contact with Christos, he was already wearing white pants, dress shoes and driving Mercedes. He wasn't back there slinging pans anymore. No. Cause apparently he was ferocious. And nobody wanted him to cook because he was absolutely ferocious. But uh, so Enzo, Enzo, Enzo. He, I mean, like Godfather movie, right? One hundred. That is no joke. Okay. Like Strunzo, Satena. You know all that stuff. Like yeah. I heard it all day long. So he was my inspiration. By the way, that's my ringtone for you. But go ahead. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so that uh, chicken portofino. Um, that's a dead copy of his mm-hmm. because I love the dish. Okay. Uh, I didn't alter it in any way, shape, or form. It's, uh, it's pan-seared chicken cutlets mm-hmm. with, uh, with camarones, with the shrimp, yep. and fresh tomato. Mm-hmm. And then you top that with provolone. You bake that off, and you put that on a sexy bed of pesto cream sauce. Yes, sir. And that, my friend, is just, it's gold. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Enzo was about 65 years old. And uh, he was like a, a little Italian pit bull, you know, just a really good guy. But he was to the age at this point where um, his food looked gorgeous, mm-hmm. but it didn't have any flavor anymore mm. because he he stops tasting his food. Oh. So with working with him, yeah, it was we were a motley crew. Let yeah. me tell you, uh, it was me, a Chinese guy, an Albanian guy, and hispanic guy and then enzo and vincenzo were the two italian guys okay and you all became italian and then we had no choice but to be italian <laughs> but uh yeah so uh chucko chuck was uh he was from taiwan he had been here for 20 years and uh it was it was fun translating what he was trying to say sure after 20 years of being in america sure but um, that guy was amazing. He could make, he could take like a, you know, a big turnip or whatever, and mm-hmm. he could carve it into like a dragon Oof. with like a 12-inch chef's knife, Oof. not even a little paring knife. Oof. So, um, and, and for 11 hours a day, he was Italian, and he made amazing food, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But working with, awesome. these, working with these guys, you know, they were really strict on, on their on the approach to Italian food. Like you had to make it like an Italian. Yeah. Now that's great. Yeah. And you can do that. Yep. And that's, that's what I brought here. Yep. And it's like my home, you come here, we cook for you. It's great. At, at, at home. Yeah. But, uh, that's what yes. it tastes like too. Back to, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Back to that Portofino. Um, that it was inspired by that gentleman. I don't even know if he's even alive anymore, right. but uh, I didn't change it a bit. The other saute items on the menu are just like, this tastes good. Yeah. And, you know, there's wine, there's a real fresh lemon. Yep. There's my seasoning blend in there and a little bit of butter at the end. Heck yeah. To make that sauce. Heck yeah. To finish up that sauce, you know. Um, the lasagna, that was uh, Christos. That's from his family. That's oh, so good. Yes. Christos, Christos Macros. He will crack your head like an egg. Wow. Yeah. That I, was, I will continue <laughs> to eat it in his honor because it is 
uh, it is something. Yeah, I did. I did some slight alterations um, because I can, and yeah. out of respect for Christos, I didn't want to just completely mimic his sure. family lasagna. Of course, but uh, I learned. I, I would like to give him a shout out. He'll never hear this. But I would give him a shout out because I learned a lot and I spent many years working for this guy yeah. and uh, he was absolutely brilliant yeah. at, at what he what he did. Pretty cool. And uh, he had a pretty pretty funny personality. Uh, funny, not funny. That's awesome. But uh, when I mentioned crack your head like an egg, it uh, so there was another guy, Victor. Mm-hmm. Victor <sighs> had a bit of a drinking problem. Oh boy. So. But Victor was Christos' cousin. Gotcha. So one day we're sitting there, and, and Victor's just, Victor always looked miserable. And I like Victor. Uh, Victor always looked miserable. And uh, Christos, I can't remember what was going on, but Christos is sitting there, and he used to do this. And our, our listeners can't see this, but he would just sit there, and he'd rub his nose like that and drink his espresso. And he looks over, and he goes... You know, Victor, I would like to crack your head like an egg. That's awesome. <laughs> it was. I fun. mean, you know. Oh, it was. Fun. Oh, and my other favorite it's one is very his, family. Yeah, he would, and he'd always pick on Victor. Victor, you're standing there like a cow taking a shit. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but enough about Christos. So These are the things you can find on the Flavors of Northwest Arkansas <laughs> podcast every week. <laughs> Right here, wherever you listen. Uh, enough about Christos, but yeah. uh, I do love the man, and he's taught me a lot uh, about the industry. And I don't think there's anything that he hasn't had to overcome yeah. in this industry. And uh, just a great man. Awesome. Well, before we jump out of here, I've got to talk about the cocktails. Yeah, uh, I've had the Roman afternoon. I'm going to pass it your way. Yeah. Obviously, the you know Sicili- what it is. The, yeah, the uh, Sicilian old fashioned is probably one of our biggest sellers. Yeah. Um, fa- I'm an old fashioned guy. Okay. So, uh, a, a gentleman named Danny, he was my first uh, bartender here. Okay. I would say Danny is a mixologist. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, he brought a lot of really cool things to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunate that he had to leave. It's just that, uh, you know, he had other opportunities on his horizon. And that's okay. But this guy would travel around and go to, you know, bar seminars and all this other stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just to pick up cool. So he'd go and visit distilleries. And, yeah. You know, so it, it's his craft and his trade. Yeah. So the, the drinks that Danny created, I have kept on the menu because they are all, well, there's a few on there that are, are new, like a Moscow Mule. Like sure. Everybody knows that one. Of course. But uh, all of these classic cocktails... Uh, he created them. We have his recipes, and nice. uh, he they're really, really good, and they, they fit the environment that yeah. we're in. Of course. And, like, for me, like, my old-fashioned is old-fashioned. Like, you know, you cr- you muddle the, the cherry and the mm-hmm. sugar, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like. Sure. And that's what I, I was familiar with. Sure. Uh, being from the north, uh, Manhattans were big up there. Of course. We called them brown bullets. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and and you know we have a we have a modern menu, drink menu. Uh, it's not too much, but it's not too little. Right. Um, you can still get your you know rum and cokes and whatnot, but got yeah. wines, good yeah. wines, the whole bit. We got good wines. Yeah. Uh, I I am I am going to expand our wine repertoire. Excellent. But uh, I'm a little bit of a red wine. Me too. Slut. Uh, so, I'm a fan. My uh, my wife's actually super uh, schooled in good know, in in the wines, and nice. I don't mean that. I'm not, not I'm not trying to joke, but she really knows her wines. That's and, great. Uh, she has a lot of input, good. and uh, gives me a lot of uh, you know critique sometimes, sure. which is necessary, even though you know it hurts my feelings. But <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever. Awesome. Uh, Well, that's awesome, man. That's good news. Uh, A couple of quick things here. Um, You have discounts for those that put themselves on the line for us. Yes, I do. That's a 20% discount for all of our active veterans and uh, retired veterans. All that we ask is that you just show your veteran card. There you go. And, you know, uh, I'm I'm a big advocate for that. I I have a brother that uh, spent 20 years of his life 
he just retired from the police force too, so 40 nice. years, but he spent 20 years in the special forces back Ooh. in uh, the, the um, 80s up until the late 90s. Uh, he was a ranger. Oh, man. And uh, he went through a lot of stuff and had lost a lot of good people. Sure. And just uh, my friends that uh, I've lost, I think that we need to show a little bit more support and you know the least I can do is do a 20% discount. I could go into this really deep because it aggravates me on some on a lot, a lot, a lot of levels, but I won't. Um, our first responders, let's jump over there. Mm-hmm. Our first responders get uh, 15%, mm-hmm. and uh, that's on or off duty. Does not matter. Right. Uh, nurses, they're considered our first responders. Absolutely. And uh, city workers awesome. get their discount as well. Very uh, good. City workers get 10%. 10 Fifteen percent on first responders and twenty percent on our great veterans. That uh, love it. We love owe, it. we owe a lot of heart and soul to those yeah. folks. Uh, hours uh, four to nine on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We have live music. We're doing uh, Mr. Jed Clampett, uh, the legend, the legend, Mr. Jed Clampett on Tuesdays from six to eight, okay. and then uh, we have. Uh, Nathan, Nate, I always mispronounce his last name, Smurge. Okay. But, uh, wow, what an amazing guitar player. So Jed sings and Mm -hmm. plays, and Nate just plays beautiful guitar, some classical, some jazz. Awesome. Some bluesy stuff. Very cool. And uh, he's really, really good as well. And we're looking for somebody for Thursday night. Okay. So I kind of like to just fill the docket on, on live music. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where we'll be from 4 to 9, mm-hmm. and then Fridays and Saturdays are from 4 to 10. If you've got a, uh, if you've got a, a musician listening, how do they get a hold of you? Um, jump on Pesto's NWA on Instagram mm-hmm. and send me a private message. Perfect. 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 And follow me. Yes. That's also Yeah, close. so I can add that uh, Pesto's NWA's Instagram and Pesto's by Lance is the Facebook fan page. My man. Thank you for all of your time today. My pleasure. Uh, it's, I feel like it's been a journey, but it's been a great one. Yeah, there was so much more to say. You'll have to, do, you'll have to interview me again. You got it. Road. You got it. Um, you know what we should do? What's that? We will uh, sample this drink menu on our next interview. Love it. And then we'll see how the end of that interview goes. <laughs> <laughs> With an Uber. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Without a doubt. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate your time. Um, we'll be back same time next week. And always, always, please tip your servers. We'll see you. Yes, please.